Okay, we're recording this now. You okay over there? I'm okay. I'm barely hanging on, but I'm okay. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. Okay, so a little bit of context here. I'll tell you what's going on in my head, and then Cammy can tell you what's going on in her head. And pour in some wine first. Maybe you should drink some. Maybe it wouldn't hurt. Here, take a take, take a, a hit. Okay, <laughs> let me let me pour it in the microphone to get the sound effect if I can. I'm not drinking all of that. Just do, give it a good old glug or two. All right. I okay. actually don't really like wine. Hey, you know, it is not, that's not the point right I now. I know. Ben's like, oh, <laughs> I need her to chill out. Just a tiny bit. <clears throat> so I'm here's the context. a bit high strung right now. This is now. what we do for you guys. Um, it's 10.39 p.m. We have, we're filming this in our basement, which is cold right now. And... It's, uh, the kids are all awake. Our toddler won't go to sleep. And not having rules prohibits us from enforcing things, although I was just ready to do it, and Cammy's like, I don't want to. Our teenagers are above us talking on FaceTime with relatives from Yakima, and they only talk in one volume, and it's yelling. (laughs) And... Our seven-year-old is playing with Legos right above our head, and someone's taking a shower. So if you hear a bunch of noise around here, that's what I'm thinking about. It's all technical stuff, actually. Cammy, on the other hand, has other things going on. Would you like to share? <coughs> well, um, oh, not really, actually. But I'll try to be vulnerable. I'm probably PMSing. I feel like I've disappointed Ben. And therefore feel like he's... I don't know. Like, it's complicated. I don't really want to get into it. (laughs) You were using, like, strong language before about, like, what you feel like I'm doing. I know. I think I make a lot of shit up in my head, especially if I'm kind of really emotional. Can't I just have my feelings hurt and not want to, like, be best friends for an hour or something like that? (sighs) That's so hard for me. I don't... Like, especially doing a podcast. I'll still podcast Well, that's the whole thing. Like, trying to, like, perform. It's not perform. We just talk. It's it's still a level of performance. The only way I got her down here is by saying we'll smoke a cigar. It's still a level of performance, whether you like it or not. Well, let's try. I mean, we used to have these. I used to have the same problem when we wanted to hang out. You wanted to hang out with people when we were in a fight, and I was like, I no, I can't do that. I can't just. I don't want to do that. Um. Okay, so we're gonna do the best we can. That's that's the context <laughs> here. That's you might get setting. a shitty podcast, but hey, at least we showed up. And we have not none like backlogged, so this is it's it. Wednesday, and we <laughs> have it like it releases on Monday, so we like have to do it. Mm-hmm. But here's some good news. Do you remember that podcast we um, recorded about going solo? I guess not all of you listen to every podcast. That's our little reality check. I feel like I don't know you guys. what you're talking about. Going solo. Is that what it's called? Free the climbing? solo. No, free solo. The climbing one? Yeah, the climbing one. Yeah. Like my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. It's back out in theaters and it's in IMAX at the levee right now. So I want to see it again. Okay. I don't think I do. Oh. That's sad. Maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. <laughs> or maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not super into it to see it a second time but i would support you if you wanted to. i think some of our audience might be interested yeah i i highly recommend this i saw it, it twice in theaters it was really cool i just 
Yeah, that was cool. Okay, so how about um, let's talk about some comments from last week. Maybe that'll cheer you up. Ooh, comments. I got, I got three. Okay. No, these are good, ones. good Let, ones. Let's start with this one. Listen to this. BB Mama. Fucking love these podcasts. <laughs> I need to start smoking cigars when I listen. <laughs> LOL. That made me laugh. See, if that if that doesn't cheer you up, that what cool. will? I mean... <laughs> So, this, I don't know why this made me feel so good. Well, first of all, her profile picture is kind of cute. I feel like <laughs> I've seen pictures of her before on her YouTube channel. She's, she's a longtime FFT yeah, regular. And, um, and there's people that are against profanity. And cigars. And cigars. That <laughs> but this is so appropriate. Like, it wouldn't be the same if she was like, I freaking love you guys. Or you guys are really neato. <laughs> like, when someone says fucking love these podcasts, that's like, mm, you know? It's yeah. just like... I can feel the energy. Yeah, you can't, like, convey that any other way. So, excellent use of the English language mm -hmm. in communicating a message of warmth. Of the crude English language. I totally disagree. I don't think there's anything crude about it. I think it's... The, the level of sophistication in this communication is top-notch, and I approve. <laughs> so there's that comment. Then we got this comment. What does it say? Oh, okay. I am sorry, Neagle says, your long-distance callers can call through their computers, not sure about mobile phones, using Google Hangouts for free. Hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but let's say hopefully it is. Mm-hmm. So that phone number, if you would like to leave a message, is 206-651-5744 for this podcast, and we can hear your pretty voices. And we have one voice message to get to at the end of the podcast. And finally, since we're just dealing with messages, let's just like knock them all out right now. Maybe it'll get you out of your funk a tiny bit. We got this one from Lisa Jesse. <clears throat> it says, okay, I need your help. I have tried to get over my disappointment or bad feelings from leaving my religious community, but it keeps creeping into my life. I do not want that bad feeling. I've noticed it creeps into your life too, as it always seems to come up in vlogs. How do we let it go? I believe in God and I'm trying to live my life as I believe he would want me to, but the bad feelings of betrayal and being lied to keep popping up. How do I honor him? And let the other crap go. Uh, I sh know I should forgive and ease the burden on my heart, but I don't want anything to do with established religion. Any ideas? <laughs> Maybe it's because where I'm at right now, but I just feel like don't rush it. Like, I think there needs to be a time of grief and loss and anger that's appropriate um and i don't think there's any like scripted uh time for that um in my life i do want to like move on and i see myself moving on but it's a slow process and it's not all at once moving on <clears throat> Um, and I think if you don't fully deal with that stuff, it doesn't, you can't really f fully move on. You just think you can. Um, so that's my viewpoint. Um, I think even coming from a religious background, I don't really anymore, but I went through several years of just feeling guilty for being angry, being just like... Uh, not wanting any, anything to do with the Bible. Um, that wasn't actually true. But certain verses in the Bible <laughs> that were used against us, that was probably more true. But anything to do with certain type of established religion, anything that would remind me of the that where we got hurt, Um, 
I would say do whatever you need to do to prioritize your health, your mental health in this case, or even your physical health. So if you notice bad feelings uh, start surfacing, hanging around certain places or certain people, get the fuck yeah. out and don't feel bad about it. I mean, you can feel bad, whatever, feel whatever you want, but <laughs> but you don't have to yeah. feel bad, I don't think. I don't think there's any... I mean, I, I get it. Like, I get the guilt that comes along with... There's relationships where people hold you like they're your friend and you said you're their friend and you're supposed to be there until the day they die. And there's these places that if you don't go to, you feel like you're, like, letting God down or, you know, ignoring some cosmic checklist or something. But... That doesn't exist, in my opinion. But... But if it's killing you, like, you got to get mental health. And I don't know. Sometimes it's people. So, like, for us, we had to, like, really just not hang out with certain folks and be okay with that. And that was a really hard thing at first. It was so hard. We felt so guilty. And, like, we're letting everyone down. But after, like, six months, we look back and we're like, oh, my gosh, it was all manufactured. Um, manufactured what's the word urgency or necessity or need I mean whatever it was like mm-hmm. we stopped hanging out and like no one missed this as much as we thought and some sure some people make a big deal about it but um, and then whatever you're feeling you just gotta feel it um, yeah. and maybe I mean the best thing that's been for us I guess I guess we had each other but was to be around other people that validated our feelings and emotions and and reality and said yeah that's a real thing like you should actually listen to that instead of ignore that because Mm -hmm. hanging out in the other world we would we had these feelings and i think this is going to be one of the topics today so this is a good transition but we had these feelings and and the vibe i got was like those aren't really accepted here so i i constantly had to like try and ignore it and shut it down and, and you can only ignore and shut down certain parts of yourself for so long before it really becomes dangerous and toxic i mean think about that on a health level if you have you know cancer and you're just like ignore it or i don't know that's a weird example because i don't know if i'd get chemo anyways but you know if you're getting fat and gonna die because you're overweight and you just ignore that symptom that's terrible like you should pay attention to those symptoms everyone would say that now that's Rainier yelling I think you say Lisa I do not want that bad feeling and you have bad feelings towards leaving the religious community I don't know what you mean by bad but I I know I don't see things as bad or good anymore I think feelings are just feelings and maybe it feels bad maybe it feels bad or painful maybe yeah and maybe that's what you're trying to say it's painful um but i think maybe even what you're feeling is is good (laughs) you know maybe you're sensing something that wasn't right for you um in that community and that's why you had to leave it but yeah, that's t- it's tough. It's tough. I will. But what helped us also is just not being alone. <clears throat> I mean, it's if you're going to be in a shitty situation, I think you might as well be in it with other people, if possible. Um, yeah. So, you know, we didn't have a whole lot. I think we had each other, and then we paid a therapist two hundred and seventy dollars an hour to listen to us, <laughs> which is expensive. <laughs> um, He's still listening to us. And then, and then we <laughs> found podcasts that actually had stories of people that not our own <laughs> we just listen to our own podcast other to, podcasts i listen to cammy talking about her pms and it really boosts my morale as i'm driving a racquetball mm. feel the love can you feel the love tonight, tonight. no i can't no, no i hear not right, right now it feels bad okay um so th- there's that. Um, what else do we have to talk about? So, Cameron, we have a couple options here. 
so the downside, the upside is you guys get a podcast tonight. The downside is you do not get an organized one. Um, so there's three topics I'd like to talk about, and I don't know if we'll cover them all tonight, but I'd like to talk about your parenting with Rainier. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about my ex-girlfriend. Hmm. And I'd like to talk about this idea of suppressing who we really are. Okay. Sounds juicy. Let's just go with the ex-girlfriend. That sounds like. <laughs> that sounds safe. <laughs> right now, especially. <laughs> Why not? Okay, so I had this girlfriend in high school, and I was a youth group kid in church, so I was, and I had principles. Like, I was kind of a weird high school kid. Like, I was weird, man. Your beard looks really nice right now. Thank I'm you. not just saying that. <laughs> that sounds, yeah. Anyways, I your just, beard looks nice. I just put coconut oil in it, but I'm yeah, getting a little Yeah, it's like highlighting the red. Ben has, well probably know this but ben has red highlights natural red highlights in his beard maybe it's the lighting no okay so i had this girlfriend in high school and she was from i met her from church her name was reagan i was probably 16 this is like 10th 11th grade and i was like really against girlfriends for a number of reasons like I just saw these, like, people go through these cycles where they would, like, get all in to this girl, and they'd bail on all their friends, and then they would, like, you know, I don't know, they'd go through all these, like, sentimental motions that all seemed, like, largely fake to me, and then, you know, it'd last a week or a month or maybe a year, and then they'd just do it again and again and again, and I was more of, like, a bros before hoes type of guy. But uh, lo and behold, I uh, this girl came along and I, I couldn't resist. Ironically, this is not part of the story I was planning on telling. Um, right before I asked her out, I had this feeling. And it was like, what about Cammy? And like I said, I was like 16. And Cammy wasn't even like returning my letters at this time. But I had it on my to-do list. I can show it to you right now. Because she journal. recently went through her old diaries and she found this, but you know what? For that, a year, I had on my to-do list yeah, right that then. really <laughs> cut it um, <laughs> for me. Mm. So I was like, what about Cammie? And then I was kind of like, well, fuck her. She's not even talking <laughs> Only to me. Only you didn't use that language back then. That's true. Um, well, dang her. <laughs> so then I um, um, asked this girl out and I knew she was going to say yes because we were close and she had had boyfriends it wasn't like as big of a deal for her so we go out for three months and it was like a rock in three months um we kissed that was like that was the only thing we did physically i mean we like kissed for like i think maybe like 20 minutes once it was like but no tongue uh that's kind of funny to me yeah no duh because you won't kiss me no it's the kissing for 20 minutes without without tongue even oh i don't know that was just our standard we just felt like that was like i know i'm just trying to figure out like put on the 20 (laughs) dude when that's all you got or when that's all you allow yourself to do it was freaking awesome that's true that's true i okay i can kind of wrap my mind around it now but all right go on so we had this relationship for three months and then she went off to college she was a year older than me and she told me in in as nice a way as she could that basically I was impeding her college experience of wanting to date other guys. FYI, other men. And I was like devastated. So then I picked up this book called Ica's Dating Goodbye, which we've already talked about on this podcast, which basically gave us like spiritual reasoning for why dating was like not good. And You just got dumped and then you're like, Yes. Oh, it was like, and I just put that together this week. Yeah. That that of course, because I'm like, honestly, what's happening is I'm like getting all these comments from my spiritual people with all these Bible verses. And now I can just like see that culture a little bit more for what it is, I think. And basically I see when you come from a certain culture, you will use the Bible or anything for that matter, whether it's political, to defend your point of view. 
So it's like really convenient. So for me, my heart was broken. I was like, had given validity to the church and spiritual writers. Forget the fact that this kid that wrote the book was 20 years old. I was like, this is gospel. So I read the book and then, so this is what I want to talk about. This is where I think it gets interesting. I drove back. So Cami was in Washington. I was in California, which is two states away on the West Coast, for those of you that aren't familiar out there. And then I moved to Washington, closer to Cami, not to be close to Cami, because Cami still wasn't talking to me. Whatever. I um, bet you did. And <laughs> and then I went back to visit this girlfriend in California. Well, I just went to California, and I ended up visiting her. <clears throat> and I had like had this whole conversion about dating after reading I Kiss Dating Goodbye. So I met her this one night, and I apologized to her for dating oh, her yeah. <laughs> and i'm thinking that i'm this like that's like a good move because i was like now viewing myself as this chivalrous guy and i i had viewed like i had robbed her because i guess dating goodbye it paints this picture of dating where you have this experience it's like this whole virginity thing but i mean scrap the sexual intercourse emotional part. virginity yeah. where everything like you're supposed to save yourself for marriage in every way so, of course, like, sexually, but, like, emotionally and all this other stuff. And and we had been, like, super emotionally intimate, like, you know, crying and talking late into the night and all that just typical stuff. Um, kissing without tongue. For 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to get over that one. <laughs> Dude, it was a good 20 minutes. And if you were ever up for... You know. We should try it one time. Set the timer, no tongue, 20 minutes. Go. I don't even It doesn't matter if there's tongue, but it, I'm just, you'd have to go without sex for a long time because you. Yeah. No, no, no. I think you're right. Yeah. And I'm willing to to do that, to experience that. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, meet me after the podcast. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. We, I, I tell her that I'm, I'm sorry for dating her. And all I could see was like kind of how I was being nice to her by the way I saw it was I took this thing from her and then I was like, oh crap, I shouldn't have taken this thing. So I'm like, I'm sorry for taking this thing, you know? And she, I remember she cussed at me and this is before we, you know, I hadn't used bad words or I, I don't consider myself very emotional when it comes to confrontation, like you know, people that watch our podcast probably know this, but, or our vlog. I, so, you know, I, I don't like raise my voice generally mm -hmm. speaking. And, and she was like, I forget what she said. If she was a pile of shit or fucking something or whatever, but, but it like, I went into lockdown mode. So I'm at Azusa Pacific university campus, two States away from home. And this girl just cussed at me. That was like my only love ever in my life that would talk to me. And I was like heartbroken again. And I don't know. I don't remember what happened after that. Like not much. I think I just like went back to Washington. Mm -hmm. And then. Weren't you like wandering around campus uh, lonely and without her and. That could have happened except for I had a buddy that drove down with me, so okay. he was probably waiting for me, so I probably didn't do that too long. But maybe on a different trip I did that. You're like, floor it, hurry, hurry, and jump in the um, car. So then 20 years later, of course, we do this podcast on Ica Stating Goodbye, and we're looking at all the motives and all the – beliefs i had and i'm like oh geez like okay those weren't all good <clears throat> which i had a lot of those same beliefs long story short is i'm thinking back to that experience and how convenient it was that i found i could say goodbye mm -hmm. and i was like i totally invalidated her experience of dating me and i knew i was doing that but i thought i was justified because i thought my experience trumped her experience but dealing yeah. with all these people in the comments it's it's making me realize like how much of a dick i was because the problem with a lot of the spiritual lingo that we are hearing nowadays is it basically, when you believe something that you believe is holier than thou, there always has to be a thou. And mm -hmm. you never listen to the thou. 
So yeah. if I believe I'm more right than you, it's my job to preach and convert you, which intrinsically says what I have to say is more valuable than what you have to say. Yeah. And I'm more right than you are. I'm and I'm not going to listen to you or even try to take your point of view seriously. Yeah, why would you if you consider it wrong or yourself right or something? Yeah. So, you know, now I can see, oh, she had, like, and she told me this at the time. She said, you were an amazing boyfriend <laughs> compared Even to- after she cussed you out? No, it was more before that. Because oh, she, she had had these other boyfriends, and they were kind of like California surfer dudes. And, you know, I mean, I don't like to ham myself up, but you think they had this type of beard? Humble brag. No. No, it's not. There's no humble in this brag. This is just brag brag. Proudful brag. <laughs> Um, Pride. So, <laughs> so I now I can see that by apologizing, I mean, it, it would be like, I, I'm trying to think of an equivalent, but it'd be like basically me going to the kids and apologizing for the Appalachian Trail and being like, yeah, that was a totally dumb idea that we did that mm-hmm. and we shouldn't have and... I'm sorry that you did that because I now believe hiking is wrong. Mm. And they're all like, well, we enjoyed that. And what about those people we met? And I'm like, yeah, no, that was like, I know. And I read this book and it was wrong. So I'm sorry that I did that. And so it has a note of humility in that, like, you know, it's accepting that I was wrong, but the moral code that I'm appealing to is trumping. It's only taking into account (laughs) your point of view, not the other person's point of view. Okay, so this is where it gets interesting. Today I was thinking, should I Facebook message her? Sorry for And apologize for apologizing. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Wow. I don't know. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Like, as long as she's okay with you talking to her about that. Oh, or Facebook friends. Yeah. If you're a Facebook friend of mine, then I assume that fair you're game. willing to, for me to <laughs> apologize for something 20 years ago. Sorry for being a holier than thou person. Dick. And completely. But I mean, like, really, not. that was like, because, I mean, for me, apologies are a way of reckoning the past, not to feel all bad about it, but to really. To me, it's when you come into a, I don't know. I, like I, a truth or realization about something? Well, when you have to face what you, who you actually were and the damage you actually caused, I think it's what creates and actualizes the positive change that you have to look forward to. Yeah. So, you know, it could benefit her, but it it's going to mostly, it definitely will benefit you. Yeah, I think so, and and maybe it will benefit her. I don't know. I mean, I maybe she's. I'm assuming she's moved on. <laughs> Although she might be watching this, looking at my beard right now, being like, "Damn, oh, I fucked that one up." Red highlights. Dang it! But you know, what can I say? Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think? I think go for it if you. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be a good thing for you. I was gonna do it even like before this. I was just gonna do it today, and then I kind of like forgot. Yeah. So I'd kind of already made up my mind to do it, but it's still gonna be a little bit awkward even for me because because it's not like she like likes my shit or whatever. Like we haven't and we haven't talked in fifteen years, and even then it'll be a little less awkward being that it's just over Facebook messaging. And not in person. (laughs) But I think what I wanted to say is like, hey, sorry for, yeah, sorry for being a dick and invalidating your experience that we had together. And and now I look back with fondness and I'm like, you know, I wish I was just able to enjoy that for what it was and not have to write it off as something that was... you not to over moralize everything. Yeah, and okay, now I'm getting outside of my experience, but I feel like this th- this same thing happened all the time. Like people would get quote unquote saved, and then they would write off everything that happened before they were saved. So let's say they're like fucking or drugging or 
whatever drinking when you say saved they like accept jesus christ and as their personal lord and savior and say some prayer and they say some prayer yeah so join some club and i'm not even going to say if that's legitimate or not i'm just going to say they have this experience and then everything that happens beforehand gets completely minimized and it's all tossed in this one bucket of like sinful pre-saved selfish unredeemed hell basically and they're like yeah i was doing all this stuff and if it was i could all take bad. it all back i would but there but there's probably like legitimate relationships and fun and good things that come out of all those that they and they might have even experienced god in that time period maybe not knowing probably it. more than before after they were saved <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people yeah okay next topic cross that off reagan Done. Except for you're not done. Except for I've got an email. Okay, so this next thing, man, do I want to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. Just got to do it. Okay, so I, I posted this on my Instagram story, so forgive me if you heard this one, but I'm reading this book by Anne Lamott. <clears throat> it's called Bird by Bird. It's like her help to authors. And she writes this chapter, and she titles it Broccoli, and I don't get it. Like, the analogy she uses, I think it's a bad one, but here I am talking about it, so maybe that proves that it was good. Um, But you have to understand this broccoli thing before you get into it. So basically, the paragraph starts, there's an old Mel Brooks routine on the flip side of the 2,000-year-old man, I don't even know what that means, where the psychiatrist tells the patient, listen to your broccoli, and your broccoli will tell you how to eat it. Okay, so listen to your broccoli is the point. Broccoli is like code word, I think, for intuition. So then she says, and I'm just going to read a few like sentences. The problem is that so many of us lost access to our broccoli when we were children, when we listened to our intuition when we were small, and then told the grown-ups what we believed to be true, we were often either corrected, ridiculed, or punished. So... We have a friend who's, who we're in a book club with, and she was telling us a story about how she used to pass by homeless people, you know, and she'd want to give them money. And her parents would say, oh, don't. That's dumb. Like, they're going to be using it for drugs. And that's true, right? I mean, most homeless people, it's, it's not inconceivable that that would happen. But there was a good thing about her as a child where she wanted to help someone and give them her money. And she was told not to listen to that voice, and that voice is kind of dumb and stupid, Mm-hmm. And that the grown-up's voice is smarter and better, so she ought to suppress that voice. And this is in the context of being an author. So there's this voice that we have as an author, and it's so much easier to write about what we want to believe and the way we want to be instead of that voice that's actually in our head that functions. Or even, I'd say, our blogs or podcasts. I mean... Oh, absolutely. I think those... I can relate to that. So um, so she's talking about writing, I guess, like fiction or novels. And she's saying, so in her context, she's talking about like writing about a character. Because she, she says, because then the character could come forward and speak and might say something important. It might even be the thing that is most important to him or her. Hmm. Um, then she says sometimes intuition needs coaching because intuition is a little shy (laughs) then she says this line if your character suddenly pulls out a half-eaten carrot out of her pocket let her (laughs) later you can ask yourself if this rings true train yourself to hear that small inner voice most people's intuitions are drowned out by folk sayings we have a moment of real feeling or insight and then we come up with a folk saying that captures the insight in a kind of wash. The intuition may be real and ripe, fresh with possibilities, but the folk saying is guaranteed to be a cliche, stale, and self-contained. Hmm. Take the attitude that what you are thinking and feeling is valuable stuff and then be naive enough to get it all down on paper. So the folk saying, I guess, in the equivalent would be uh, Bible hom- versus- homeless people. Oh. Um, I was going with Bible verses. Homeless people use money on drugs. Mm. Um, and the reason why I've been bringing this, why I'm bringing this up now is because 
I'm at this point where I'm realizing how much of my intuition I overruled because of, for me, I think it was, I let the spiritual community that I was involved in. And I don't want to say, that makes it sound like it's just a singular church. And there's this like buzz going on. Can I soapbox for a second? There's this buzz going on in our comments where numerous people in the last couple days have been like, oh, it's obvious that you're hurt by a church and that's why you're reacting. And to that, I say, one, fuck you. (laughs) Two, um, yeah, we've been hurt. Everyone's been hurt. But we've moved past a lot of our hurt, but it's still in our rearview mirror and it's still part of our story. And I think that the system is still hurting people to this day. And I'm motivated to tell our story and relay our hurt in so much as that'll help other people. But I'm not out here like pissing um, like piss and vinegar being like, I'm going to get revenge and bring the system down. No, I'm not. I don't really care. The system can go on. But there's a few people out there that are listening that we hear enough from that say things like, I'm going to read that comment again. They say, fucking love these podcasts. I need to start smoking cigars when I listen. LOL. <laughs> BB mama. Um, were you gonna say something? Yeah. Cl- what's the clap? Oh, uh, the clap is. Uh... Clapping is, yay. Okay. Yeah. So. Where, okay. So this isn't just coming from pain. That was my soapbox. Where was I? Doesn't matter. Intuition. Yeah, intuition. So. After a lot of years of pushing these things down, I'm starting to look back at them now that we've exited the system a little bit. And I'm being like, man, you know, I, I wish I would have gone with that. I mean, it's it's impossible. I couldn't have because the voices around me were too loud and I respected them too much. But yeah. it's just like, oh, maybe I'm not even strong enough to say I was right about that. I'm more saying maybe I wasn't wrong. Yeah. About that. I mean, let's just take one simple example, okay? Your birth. So. Not of Rainier. No, of Dove. Oh, Dove. So Dove's birth. Okay, so Dove 17. 17 years ago, we had Dove. (laughs) And um, Mm -hmm. you guys know we're on this, like, little nudist kick now where we're experiencing freedom with our bodies in non-sexual ways and sexual ways, but especially non-sexual ways and just being like, this is cool. We can do this. Um, well, 17 years ago, Cammie had a birth and it was a natural birth to a beautiful baby girl outside of a hospital. It was our first one. We were like 21 years old. We were so young and we just thought it was the coolest thing. So you know what we did? What every 21 year old people do. We invited everyone we knew to the birth. That wanted to go. We were like, hey. I, I invited nursing students. I think two of them came. My friends that were we in our wedding, friends. like guys, girls. Yeah. We had like, what, Family 10 members. People? I don't know. Uh, we just had a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. And it was fucking awesome. Like, we had a pizza party afterwards. Like, we it got was a, a super long labor. So, having all those people around, a lot of them were very helpful numerous people came to us after that birth and said it was the most amazing experience they had been a part of. For me, it was the most amazing experience I'd ever had in my entire life. We made sweatshirts for everyone that was at the birth Mm -hmm. and gave them as gifts. They had Dove's feet prints on them. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just, oh, numerous people said that they wanted now to do a natural birth because of it, which was not our goal. Yeah. Like, we weren't trying to convert people. In fact, they, we didn't even know. Like, One friend wanted to become a midwife, and I think she, she did that, or she at least oh, yeah. pursued that. Being a doula. Yeah. So it was just, like, this rad experience, and mm-hmm. we had a kid to show for it and a friends that were just, like, felt closer. And then, like, the next week, like, family members came over, religious family members, and gave us this lecture and said – you should have been covered up. And it was crushing because we were like, oh, fuck. Of course, we wouldn't have. So we were like, oh, 
cry. It's, it's kind of like the comments we get for our AT documentary these days. Most of them are positive. But there's some that are just like, they don't say anything except for, hey, the Appalachian Trail is not the longest trail in the world. That's like all they say. And then you're just like, okay, piss off. But that's what it feels like to me. It's like, we just had this amazing experience and this is all you have to say about it is that we should have been covered. I should have been covered up more. I was fucking giving birth. It doesn't matter though. If no, you, I know. If I'm it just was saying, like, I if, have to get on my soapbox for oh, okay. a second. Well, you got to announce that you're on getting your soapbox. All right, on soapbox, I was fucking giving birth. Okay. If there's any time a woman can be nude, which is really any time, but if there's any time, it would be giving birth. So off soapbox. You're going for that second cigar. We already smoked big cigars today, so I was like, we should smoke small ones tonight, but then you're doing multiple small ones. That's why you got them out, right? It's true. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so then we had like, because this was spiritual family members that we were were older than us and we like took like really seriously both a spiritual authority and i don't know we just had a lot of respect for it. so when they said something we didn't like challenge it um it was just like oh they must be right you know we must I be just, wrong yeah i felt that but i also just felt really shitty afterwards too well yeah because we felt like we had done something wrong yeah and we had let people down and like been a bad example and you know that what what felt like this awesome thing all of a sudden was like tainted it's like i don't know it's like you just had all this awesome sex and someone was like oh yeah but you weren't supposed to have that because you're not married to those people and you're like oh so all that was like really not fun actually or it was destructive it feels like it's completely <clears throat> devaluating devalidating the whole thing so I'm just showing you like one tiny snapshot, but that obviously that's a vivid story for us. But whatever it was that drove us to say, there was a, a lot of beliefs there. We believed, okay, even then, like we didn't, I didn't know how to articulate it, but I was like, not all nudity has to be sexual or within marriage or right or wrong. Like there was a beauty in this process and it felt weird to sh like let an OBGYN see your vagina um, in a hospital. But yet a friend that you trust that would actually find a spiritual meaning in a birth would not be allowed mm -hmm. because he doesn't have a because PhD. Because it's not in this medical category. So something felt wonk. Like I, I just felt like, okay, the, I didn't really get it. Like, And this is, you know, we weren't, I mean, this was years before video cameras for us. So, you know, this yeah. wasn't a platform. This was just a personal belief. Right. And... Obviously, you can fast forward to a point where we film Rainier's birth, and now it has three million views. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's kind of ironic though, because to this day, one of our most frequent comments we get is from people in Afghanistan <laughs> writing in whatever the fuck language it is. No disrespect, but I can't read it. Squiggly lines, probably and when, Arabic. And when you stick it in Google Translate, it says like "infidel," "burn in hell," like <laughs> because. Because we're like, giving birth in public. So all right. we've been hearing that message for a long time, mm -hmm. not in different countries. You and some other family members believe the same thing. Okay. So moving on. we believed that uh, there was value in nudity. Not, I don't know, it wasn't even just for nudity's sake, but it was like that code wasn't that, um, wasn't the most important thing. And then because of experiences like that, and there's probably numerous others, um, like I'll toss out one more like R-rated movies my viewpoint with our kids early on was as long as I felt like they could handle it meaning that it didn't give them nightmares or they weren't going out and replicating the the things that they saw in the movie because they couldn't tell the difference between reality and fiction or something destructive to them that I didn't mind exposing them to violence or certain degrees of nudity Nudity, I guess, back then I was more finicky about for some reason. Um, but violence, I wasn't because I was like, every other culture in the world has seen more violence than we see. Ours is hidden away, and we take it out on video games, and we feel pretty safe and sophisticated. But you know, wars and people dying and getting hands chopped off—like that's that's normal for international history. 
so if we're sheltering our kids from these things like i just felt like why should we shelter our kids why not show our kids that these things have existed throughout human history and how to deal with pain and suffering but the message i always got was no you're hurting your child you're ruining your child they can't handle it no it wasn't even that it wasn't it wasn't even out of the child's interest in a developmental way it was that's immoral that's that's like black or sin and if it touches your child then it makes your child not innocent anymore black or sinful yeah. yes mm-hmm. it was a moral thing it wasn't a health related thing but yeah. then of course morality trumps health and becomes the new health in a way mm-hmm. so we kind of like once again i ignored my intuition and we went with what our community and all the people around us and the institutions and the churches were all kind of saying. It's interesting as I'm thinking. So we didn't stop having people at our birth, males and females. But that was the last birth that I was completely nude at, which is kind of interesting to me. Makes me... If I ever do have, well, you start wearing a sports bra. Yeah, but it just—it's just interesting. I wonder if that like seeped in, you know, enough that it was like, okay, we'll compromise here. Well, yeah, that's why you started doing it. I know, and that's starting to. Well, you're asking. Well, I think it's not like it's a question. Well, I—I'm just realizing it for the first time. I thought we like talked about it a bunch, or you were like, or I mean, even then, it was like, I need to wear a sports bra because. I mean, we have talked about, it, but I'm just, I'm even Rainier's birth um, was three years ago. Um, and part of me is like, well, I guess it's more family friendly. More people might watch it and blah, blah, blah. So there's that reason for the internet. But since you have three million people watching I, your birth, I know. But, but now I'm kind of like angry about that. I'm like, missed opportunity for nudism. Uh, well, I'm not even angry. I'm just like, man, that sucks, but it's, it is what it is. So bringing it back around, we are vloggers and authors and just people. I mean, fuck the platform, Yeah, it can I guess. be anyone. There's these things that if we can tap into them, and ironically, it's like who we are in our natural state it's not some super being it's just like the things that come natural to us we didn't i never set out to like uh you know do that i just thought birth was amazing i thought your body was amazing i thought it was so cool that you could have a baby and i wasn't hung up on it and other people were and i let that get to me Mm -hmm. but i think the way that we're built can change the world not that that's the goal but if we can just tap into who we really are before we got jacked by the adults. Because every, I believe, every person, just by their very existence, is a gift. But I believe every person has gifts that they come into this world with that oftentimes are just silenced or kind of like, squelched like man that's not or neutered somehow (laughs) so can i share one more this Mm -hmm. is a vulnerable one when she said that allow that the character in your novel uh to pull out the half-eaten care out of their pocket you know what i thought about did i tell you this i don't know i thought about movie popcorn oh yeah you did tell me this (laughs) <laughs> okay, so for the last, I got this idea like 10 years ago. Someone gave it to me. I didn't get it, but I've been using it. For t- the last 10 years, I have not paid for movie popcorn once, I don't think. <clears throat> like $8 a tub. But every time we go to the movies, I get movie popcorn. And this is how. I've never said this online. It's like super embarrassing <laughs> for me. <laughs> We're going to be like barred from AMCs from now on. <laughs> well, I, I just, I, want, I should go to free solo and get it one last time before I get kicked out forever. <laughs> we, I pull the the largest tub, the one with the free refills, out of garbage cans. And I don't, I think maybe once you couldn't find it, but I oh, think yeah, there was that one every single, what is this, like 50, 100 times, every single time we've gone for as long as you've done this, we've you've been able to find it. 
And at first, I shamed Ben for it. I was like, oh. And then you're like, oh, so sorry. I'm like, like, I shame you for it, and then I stuff my face. (laughs) Yeah. And I try and shake them off, like wipe the germs off a little. Mm -hmm. But, you know, honestly, I don't even give a fuck about germs, Um, really, Um, if we're going to be really honest. And this is one of those things. I just, like, knew how people would see that. But, like, when I think about it from an outsider's perspective, it's what makes me an interesting character. And even if it doesn't, fuck it. It's true. It's you know, it's part me. of who you are. And people don't get it because they think, oh, you just do it to save money. And you're just a cheapskate or you're whatever, blah, you're blah, blah. You're using other people. And I'm like, you know whatever. what? You don't understand me. Like, I mean, I don't even understand myself. But <laughs> it's more complicated than that. Like, what makes me do that is uh, I don't care about germs. I do care about money. I do care about value. I enjoy popcorn. Uh, I like the experience of movie theater. So, I mean, I was a millionaire in doing this. You know? <laughs> I mean, I was, <laughs> that's what's kind of that's funny. Because I was yeah. making more than a million dollars a year at that the time. That just shows you money can change people, but at the heart of a person, money doesn't do jack shit. Because we haven't even it's talked like, about like we. I mean, we lived for a people. year off out of a dumpster. And... When I was making more than a million dollars a year, I was like, I had a personal assistant, and I thought about hiring him to go to the dumpster to get the food because I knew how much good food was in there. I didn't want to see it go to waste. Yeah. But that's that's a story for a different time. But so what I'm doing, I have this list here that's called things I intuited early on and was told to ignore or suppress. And I, when I think of something, I just got to write it down. And so far, I've thought about three things hmm. that I've put on there. And I just think that if I can get more in touch with that, I think it'll make me a better writer and I think it'll make us better vloggers and like shed some of the falseness that we've adopted that we thought was good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying it was bad. You know, people can believe to, they can cover themselves up at birth. Just go for it. I'm not going to stop them, mm-hmm. but that doesn't sure. mean we need to. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I have one clip I want to play for you guys that I heard this week and I think it kind of relates to this so are you going to go nude the next time I give birth if if the homeschool moms want I want to <laughs> do whatever that makes the crowd happy you know? um, <clears throat> but um, so the context of this this is from the James Altucher podcast and he's interviewing an author who's named James Frey who I is like a best-selling author that was like on some Oprah list, wrote some book called A Million Little Pieces or something. Controversial guy. Um, and he is being interviewed about his process after reaching success from writing some books. It's a longer clip. It's about two minutes long. It'll keep your attention. I was just depressed. I, I felt awful and, and despite whatever success I had and despite having a family I loved and friends I loved and what from the outside is a great life I was just fucking depressed and I just wanted to die and and I would wake up every day and get in my car and think about driving it into a tree and I would climb into bed at night and I would think about taking a whole bottle of Tylenol PM and never waking up and I was just fucking depressed um I have this therapist um, who I have, a, I think, a pretty unconventional relationship with. I, I, I don't see him regularly. I call him when I feel like I need to talk to him, which sometimes is twice a month and sometimes once a year. Um, and the first time I saw him, I said, listen, I'm not here to talk to a fucking wall. Like, I expect this to be a conversation. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your opinion. And I want your advice. Um, and so I was depressed. And I called him. And I told him basically what I just told you. I wake up every day and I want to fucking die. And he sort of laughed. And he said, well, I have a couple questions for you. I said, what? He goes, what? do you have your earrings in? And I don't know if you can see. I have six earrings, right? Um, and I was like, no, I don't. He's like, what kind of clothes are you wearing right now? And I said, oh, I'm wearing khakis and a Izod polo shirt. And he said, where are you? And I said, I'm at my office. 
you said the office where you write or the office where you run your company. And I was like, the office where I run my company. And he's like, and how's Connecticut? I was like, it's good. He's like, that big house yours, it's okay? I was like, yeah. He was like, the reason you want to fucking die is because you forgot who the fuck you are and you miss who you are. He said, go home and put your earrings back in and take off that polo and put on a t-shirt and stop going to the office of the company and go to the office where you write and write a fucking book. Um, he said, the version of you I knew would make fun of the version of you that exists today. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot. Uh, look at this improvement that we got. It's a new sound effect. That's the bomb drop thing. Because we needed that a couple weeks back, and yeah. now we have it. Nice. And that's perfect for that, because that's a fucking bomb. Wow. That's really powerful. What do you think? I think I need to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You already know this. Well, that, uh, I know you talked about it, but and you're talking like a thigh tattoo. I'm running out of real estate. No, you're not. I can't put it on my arms. It's too big for my arms. Okay, you got a ton of space. Let's just talk. And you said I shouldn't put it on my back. I don't even want to put it on my back because then I won't be able to see it. And I want to be able to see it. Okay, just, okay. That's what you took away from that? (laughs) That was the first thing that came to my mind. Really? Well, it's like, be who you are. Like, who are you? Don't try to be someone else. Yeah. I've been told all my life I'm good. Nice. Uh, I smile a lot. Um, and now you're getting compliant. a big leg tattoo? You're acting as if I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> I'm just I in think, shock. I think, I think you might not want me to get a tattoo on my leg because you like my legs or something? I love your legs. Oh. Well, we can talk about it. I'm willing to compromise. I get, well, am I? Am I? Mm, that guy <laughs> compromised and look what happened to him. He's going to kill himself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it shouldn't <laughs> compromise. So, Anyways. I don't know. What I heard from that, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to get a tattoo on my face. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> Is... Um, there's just a high cost. Like you can shove it. You can shove who you are down. But I mean, that's what you know. This guy, he's not like, he's not being dramatic. I don't think. Like he, in fact, there's a part that I cut off because it's just it's long. But he's talking about he was highly successful and he was like really he thought about it all the time, like how to kill himself. And I think that's the cost on some level. And it sounds dramatic, but hmm. if we deny our needs and who we are and what we were made to do and just play a part it severs i think it actually severs our soul and well psychologically i'm no psychologist but i wonder if he was trying to kill that part of himself that wasn't even himself you know and actually committing suicide would kill all of him but that's interesting that's deep yeah deep Okay, um, so yeah, that is that little piece. And now... It is time to go to the phones. Hi, Cammy and Ben. This is Kathy in Wisconsin. And I was wondering, Cammy, if you could talk a little more about your communication style. I think it was in... The beginning minutes of episode 15, you talked a little bit about how um, your communication style, uh, I think it has something to do with your personality and how it's changed over time, um, or how you've grown in that area. So I'd just like to hear more about that. Thanks. Bye. Hmm. I don't remember talking about it, but I probably did. Um, I think... As I've changed, 
as a person, especially the last couple of years, especially the last year, I've noticed myself not second guessing my thoughts. And I, so I think I'm more, more direct than I used to be. I'm more honest than I used to be. Um, I, I've actually really seen this in replying to comments. Uh, I used to read comments and then answer the like fluffy ones. And then no, the, you wouldn't even do that. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't even do that. But the really negative ones or the somewhat negative ones or the triggering ones, I would feel paralyzed and just, I couldn't deal with them. Can I give you a prompt here? Yep. Okay. Four years ago and beyond, Cammy was so timid and afraid of everyone and everything and did not have any opinions of her own. Go. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, I, that's, it's a li- I'm, I'm phrasing it a little dramatically, yeah. but not really. Yeah, so I think I started owning my, I don't know how you wouldn't say it, like owning my own thoughts, owning my own opinions, having opinions, and then owning them, and then not second-guessing them so much. And then I, I think I have more confidence, which has allowed me to just communicate period i think so much was locked up inside of me i like i think i did have opinions but i they were completely like i was completely untu- I, I was not in touch with them at all you didn't know what they were no one knew what they were no um and everyone just uh, thought you were like this really nice person <clears throat> and you were but you weren't you you were afraid of everyone because being nice wasn't I don't even think it was like really who you are. Mm-mm. You you played a role in who you th- who you thought people wanted you to be. Yeah. And that took a lot of energy for you. Yeah. Now, I and mean, we joke about long-haired cami versus short-haired cami. And now there's like medium fluffy eagle-haired cami. <laughs> right now it's a little weird. Ah. She's a... <laughs> but um it's night and day. Mhm. Yeah, and it Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah, I don't even know. Because like, you don't take shit from me either. It's it's crazy, like, being a different person at 38. It's like, what the fuck happened? I wish... Well, I do have a therapist, but I wish I could have someone like... I mean, I kind of know what happened, but I don't even know... I can't recognize myself. Like, it feels good. Like, the skin I'm living in right now feels good. Like, it feels like who I am. But I've lived this other way for so long that it's like I'm looking at a completely different person. I'm like, hey, hi, how you doing? Who are you? <laughs> oh, it's unrecognizable. And people people that knew the old you, there's some people that have like, well, family that won't even talk to you now or have basically disowned you because I've changed. They don't like the new you. Yeah. So it's been very costly. Yeah, although it has, and I shouldn't downplay that, but I feel like, I feel like it's, I don't know if that would have come first or if they like didn't like you first. So then, no, this has nothing to do with me. I mean, there's, I'm a whole nother issue, but this, a lot of these relationships, they're you. Yeah, that's. And I think I don't think you can underplay it because I think that's the reason why you didn't change really for close to fifteen years plus actually like most of your life you you had this certain stereotype or archetype that you fit into and everyone thought we knew you and then you like <laughs> busted out of some shell that's all right no. i'm a fluffy eagle <laughs> and we need an eagle sound effect now <laughs> next week that's probably not it. no an eagle sound effects like really high piercing right um, so it's, from my perspective, I know this person was not asking my perspective, she said I want to hear from Cammy, but it's been hard because it's very disruptive. Like, the old way worked very nice. Yeah. But this new Cammy is so much better 
because it's actually her. I had someone in the comments say to me recently, you're not as nice as maybe you think you are, Cammy." And I have to tell you, that disturbed me. But mostly, it made me so happy. I was like, finally, I'm not just the nice girl. I don't know. Like, something about that made me feel more who I am. Because I think underneath all that niceness, I wasn't really that nice. I was just being nice because that worked for me. <laughs> for 35 years. Until and now I'm did. a bitch. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sometimes. Sometimes. But I'm okay with that. Okay, next phone call. What? Oh, you know what that is? That's the sound of crickets. <gasps> because You guys just got cricketed. You know what they did to us? <laughs> You know what the sons of bitches did? We we need more uh, Jamie. Is it Jamie from Australia? Yeah, that, Jamie. She called and left us three she messages. Us up, man. Jamie, come back to us. <laughs> Are there any other bisexual Australian gamers? <laughs> gamers. Okay, but if you don't identify that way, you can still call in and leave three messages. But seriously, you guys. I mean, with all we've been through, and you do that to us. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to blame, and I've I tried not to, but. I've got to call a spade we, a spade at a Did we point. make it easier for them to call Yes. In? Okay. Yes, so you guys have, have no excuses. No, they have the Anchor app, which is anchor.something. It's in the description. And phone number, mm -hmm. which is in the freaking description, which is 206-651-5744. Here, I'll pause. So you can write it down. 206 651 Five seven four four. I want to say thank you. Who who left that I message? I, I didn't catch your name. We could probably hear it if we play it again. Let's play it again because yeah. we have. Hi, Cammy and Ben. This is Kathy. 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 Thank you, Kathy, for that message and question. Ooh, way to be that, positive. Because we could we could do the instead of shaming our audience, we could be positive and I just know. like super give rewards to the people that. That's right. Really, but that's manipulation too. Yeah. We're learning with kids. Yeah. Oh well, lose lose. Okay, that's all for this week. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Up, oh, wrong one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.